You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Rosvogel, your host, and this is episode 259. I'm super excited to bring on this guest. I can't wait to learn more about his business. His name is Rich Kagan, and he's the founder and president of Last Minute Media Deals, an agency selling primetime ad spots on TV, radio, and podcasts for up to 80% off. Shows would much rather sell these ad spots at a tremendous discount then not at all. And Rich founded Last Minute Media Deals for this exact purpose. So welcome, Rich. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more about your work. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. So tell me a little bit more about uh, the work that you do and what impact you're hoping to make. Okay, sounds great. Well, okay, I just so everybody knows out in your podcast world, um, I've been in the media business for 30 years. Um, And being in the media business, I'll just give you a quick background. I was the VP of sales and um, on TV and radio for CBS in Los Angeles for 13 years. And then I uh, was the founder of the Howard Stern, believe it or not, Howard Stern ad network. He was Cindy, uh, he was syndicated in 60 cities across the country. And I was, I founded that and ran that uh, that, that for 10 years. And then uh, when he decided not to sign Again, with CBS, he was going to go to Sirius XM Radio. I then um, took all my clients from my you know radio and TV sales and started an advertising agency, a direct response agency called uh, Wingman Media. And in that time, when you're a when you're a buyer of media and you're a seller of media, you realize that there's a, a tremendous amount of media that goes unsold every week. And it's like, you know, hotels or airfare or whatever. Once, you know, it's gone, it's gone and, the, and they don't make any money on it. So if you have the, the way of tapping into these um, stations, media, TV stations and billboard companies, and they when they realize they're not going to sell their their uh commercials the following week, they highly discount it. So um, I sold my direct response advertising agency in 2017. As I mentioned, I have three kids under 12, as I told you, Kirsten. And so uh, I was going to be retiring in the near future. So I decided to dedicate my life to helping people not overpay for their media, showing them how to buy media for 80% off. And that's where I started the company lastminutemediadeals.com. That's awesome. So Tell me a little bit more. Give me a sense of what kinds of people can benefit from your service. And can you share a little bit like kind of what kind of costs are you are you talking? If right. It's possible. Uh, right. That's a good, good question. I mean, in my, you know, it's usually for national advertisers. So I, I'm not sure, you know, you have to have the ability to advertise in a lot of cities or nationally. Be, you know, you could buy local markets but as you know if you go local there's just less media so it's designed for you know bigger companies i guess and what if you're if you're a national advertiser there's you you'll, you'll never run out of the media you'll never run out of unsold media did that answer your question yes so we're talking very large 
companies with a right. national presence versus maybe someone who's a smaller business, but still, uh, you know, serves people across the nation. Right. right. Mom and pop businesses are, you know, normally, you know, we, I've started with very small businesses that have ended up scaling and becoming, you know, huge businesses. It's just if you have the ability to scale, uh, if that makes sense, then, you know, we've worked with a lot of companies that started with, you know, a couple of people and now they have thousands of employees. So it's just well, let's say you're an, you're a company that is, you know, selling digital product products and you could scale. I mean, would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That would be, that would, that would be a, a perfect clientele for us. You know, it's just because that we, because we're all about, you know, I'm a, like, when I said I'm in the direct response advertising business, that means that every ad we create is generated to create an action, which means a phone call or a visit to the website. And we're all, we're every week we're accountable to our clients cost per leads and our clients cost per acquisition. And um, so, you know, we, that's, that's how we operate. So, so if you know your cost per acquisition and you, and you're able to achieve that with a small test, then we start, you know, buying more media and then more media and just a little bits at a time. We test small and then we get a proof of concept. And then once we get the proof of concept, then we could keep, then that's how we start scaling. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So in general, what kind of value average customer value would make sense? Is there a way to talk about that? Just well, so people saying. know if this is a fit for them. So like what, what someone might spend with you if they end up taking the action. Well, okay. And so here's, you know, I, I, and I'm generalizing, I'm generalizing yeah. in order to do a test, like in national, national cable television, or maybe um, a trustful local radio test or a billboard test. You usually, you know, need about a minimum of about ten thousand dollars a week. Okay. So um, okay. that would, you know, and again, we buy, we, you know, our goal is to buy as little media as possible in order to to get a proof of concept to mm -hmm. test. And we're all about testing and optimization. You know, if that makes sense. I, I don't want to throw out a bunch of advertising. Um, you know, terms that if, if I don't know if your audience. Yeah. Well, I I'm sticking with you, but, um, yeah, I mean, we don't talk, um, probably ad and digital marketing kinds of terminology a lot on the podcast, but if people are in the space, um, or have been doing much advertising, they're gonna, they're yeah. gonna know, know the concepts. So, um, so tell me, is there a specific experience that motivated you to go this direction or what, what created this idea for you to make this impact by, uh, providing well, lower cost, uh, media? Right. Well, no, as I mentioned, you know, when I, again, when I was in sales, you know, I knew there was a lot of media that goes and sold. And when I was on my own agency, and, you know, and then the fact that I'm accountable for my client's cost per acquisition, which is basically the bottom line for any business. So when you're accountable to get your clients the best cost per acquisition, you it helps to buy the media for a lot less money. So um, so what happened was when I owned my own agency, you know, I would we were buying media that we thought was a good deal you know, on a CPM standpoint. And, um, you know, and we would get a certain cost per acquisition for our clients based on how much we were spending for the media. And then, but I knew based on my experience that there was a bunch of media that was going unsold every week that I wasn't tapping into. So if you, you know, if you're trying to get your best cost per acquisition, it helps to get the media 80% cheaper because that's, you know, basically your cost of uh, getting a client. So that's why, you know, 
when I own my own agency, when we started buying media that it's not going to go, it's not going to be sold the following week, we call ourselves the price line of media. Uh, all of a sudden, we were taking our clients' cost per acquisition and lowering it tremendously. So everybody was, you know, they were really happy about that. Yeah. Now you keep saying that you're accountable. So how, like, is there a consequence? Like, how are you accountable? Yes, is this you, in word or deed or action right, or what? Right, no, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, we're accountable because if we don't get a great cost per acquisition for our clients, we get fired. That's uh -huh. our accountability. So my okay, job yeah. is to get the best cost per acquisition for our clients and then scale them accordingly. That's my job. That's what I do. I grow businesses. Yeah. Now, um, thinking back to some of the companies that you worked with, what's one impact that you can think of that really fuels your passion and gets you excited about the work that you're doing? Well, Tell you us know, a story. Well, I love like when I own my own advertising agency, uh, I had a business partner. Uh, he's a great guy. We were completely opposite personalities. He was the operations guy and I was the chief creative officer. That's a good uh, thing, by the way. You need both of those like to, to put my leadership coaching hat on. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. It was appreciate those differences versus creating friction from them. Yes, that's a great thing. All right, sorry, I digress. No, no, Go no, ahead. No. It was it was a really great partnership because we just had completely opposite skill sets, and we didn't, you know, he did his job and he did a great job, and I did my job, and it worked really well. It worked really well, and we ended up selling our agency in 2017. But um, you know, so I was really passionate about creative. I love to me. There's nothing better than creating a commercial that your clients love and that gets results, that gets phone calls and gets, you know, um, action to your website. Um, and I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, I've, I've considered myself like, you know, a master copywriter. Um, I, you know, I've had a lot of experience at it. So it really is, that's my passion as far as the media is important. You obviously got to get that as inexpensively as possible. But the commercial, you have to have a great commercial that generates, you know, actions. So can you think of one company, one client, um, kind of talk about the journey that you took them on, like from point A to point Z, one that really fuels your passion, the, the, the difference that you made for that business? Sure. I mean, there's, a, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, so there's so many, but I, you know, one particular, I don't know if you ever listened, you ever listened to Sirius XM radio? Mm -hmm. Yep. So there's one particular guy, you know, his name is Chuck. He owns a company called Wesley Financial. They get people out of timeshares. And um, are you familiar with that ad? Have you ever heard that ad? Uh, I feel like I have. Yeah. You know, he spends a lot of money on Sirius XM radio. And he's a perfect example of someone that literally was a startup business. And what was, I, I really like this guy because He's got a great story. And that's what advertising is all about. If you have a great story and his story was really, he was a timeshare salesperson and he um, saw the errors of his ways. He realized that he was ripping people off and lying to them. And then he decided to make amends. He was going to help people get out of their timeshares, people that had been ripped off. So he, he had a mission and he was trying to make up for what he had done wrong in his past. And that mission became a multi, multi-million dollar venture for him. So, uh, and, and so what I love doing is, is, you know, I interview them and I capture the story and then I take the story and I put it into commercials. And he happened to be, have a really great voice and he was a natural. I'm a big believer when, uh, when a, I'm a big believer in having the client 
the founder or the CEO doing their own commercial. Um, and so, and he was, he was, he was a natural. So he started doing his own commercials. And now the guy is not only is he have a multi-million dollar venture that he's helping people. He's also, um, he's so popular now because of his advertising. He's thinking about running for governor of uh, Tennessee. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a great story on a lot of levels. Well, yeah. And I love, I'm sure he's helping people. Yeah, get out of some of those deals are I don't know if any of them are really good. I don't know. I know I know I've seen some that are not good. And I've I've been on the the receiving end of those hardcore salespeople that don't want you to leave. That's right. Oh yeah, we all we've all like 30 minutes and a you know, and they're gonna give you a breakfast and oh my gosh. They don't want you to leave, but right. So this guy is a really great story. He um, he just he saw the errors of his ways, and he felt guilty, and this was his way of uh, making amends. And then it actually turned into an incredible business. And so, and we were right there at the beginning. He bought maybe a week's worth of advertising as a test, and mm-hmm. then. He saw it generated a lot of leads and then we just went from there. And now he's one of the biggest clients. That's great. Yeah, I love that story. Thank you. See, and I think it's so important um, for ourselves as entrepreneurs to think about those stories because that can give us that tenacity through you know, when we reach hiccups in, in life or business, but also it can be so inspiring. And what I love about your specific story is uh you know, because you helped him, he's now helping so many others. So that whole ripple effect. Yeah. I have another good story if you have time. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because I like the human aspect of some of, you know, you know, I have another client, but he's only in Southern California. It's a mattress client called sit and sleep, (laughs) believe it or not. And he, when I first met him, he had one store in Culver city. um, And he was basically poor. He was broke. He was, his business wasn't doing well. And, and, um, and he, uh, you know, the, and this was when Howard Stern was about to be syndicated to Los Angeles for the first time. Um, and I kept going into a store and I kept saying his name was Larry, the owner. I kept saying, Larry, I'm telling you, you got to try to advertise on Howard Stern. It'll change your life. It'll make your, it'll take your business to another level. And he, you know, he was, he didn't have a lot of money and he was, uh, didn't, you know, he was, he kept saying no, he kept saying no. And I really believed in it because Howard Stern had, um, uh, in New York had taken a, a mattress company from zero to $40 million in a couple of years. And I knew that if this guy, um, who owned what had one store called sit and sleep, if he advertised on Howard, I would, I was a huge believer that it would take his business to another level. So anyway, long story short, I, I probably went into his business 20 times and he kept saying no, kept saying no. And uh, it was an August day and it was really hot. And I was, you know, I wore a suit and tie at the time. And so um, he said no one more time. I walked out to my car and I saw that someone had broken into my car. And um, it's like, you know, my, the, the, my wind, the window was shattered. Mm. They took my, they took my briefcase. They took my radio. And, you know, uh, at the time I had one of those huge Motorola phones. You remember those things? Oh, yeah. Oh, the bag uh, phone or just the big Yeah, the phone. big one. The yeah, big, yeah, yeah. You know, this is right when cell phones were. Yeah, crazy. yeah. So uh, 
So I walked back into a store and I said, hey, Larry, can I use your phone? And he said, why? What happened? I said, somebody broke into my car. And he said, you're kidding me. I said, no. So he said, okay, Rich. He goes, you know what? I'll do, I'll, I'll do you a favor. I will test Howard Stern for two weeks. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, because he felt, he felt bad for me. So what happened was the first two weeks he started advertising on Howard Stern, his business went through the roof. And because um, I got Howard Stern to endorse him and say how great he was and so because of that, because of him being, you know, because, well, because he felt bad for me and he was being a kind person, he ended up becoming a multimillionaire. And fast forward, he now has 44 stores in Southern California. Wow. A multi, multi-millionaire. That's awesome. But I have to ask, how many times have you used that since? Hey, my car got broken. I'm just kidding. It worked pretty well. Clothes. The crowbar clothes, we call it. <laughs> No, I love that. That's great. Um, I have, this is totally, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but my husband created an app years ago that went viral and it was a super fun few days. Um, And one of the big things was, is all these people started messaging. We were watching it, like hit the different media, you know, social media sites and just roll. And then it was going into different languages. And, but anyway, and then we heard from a bunch of people that Howard Stern had talked about it on his (laughs) his show. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was really fun. So Howard so. Stern, you know, he was controversial. Some people loved him, some people hated him. But what he was was a, a phenomenal marketer. He was genius when it came to marketing. And when he did a commercial for one of my clients, when he endorsed somebody, their business just transformed overnight. Yeah, that's great. And so it was, it was. It was very. It was fun to to have that happen, to be part of that. Yeah, that's really fun. Um, so tell me, for you personally, what's been your biggest internal or external challenge and how did you overcome it to either transitioning from your last business to this, or I don't know, throughout your career? No, it's interesting. I, you know, the great question when, when I own my own agency, we uh, had about at one point we were up to about 48 people and, um, and we got, we were, you know, we got really big, but what's challenging. And this is something that, you know, every business has this challenge is growing businesses and able, you know, cause the more people you have, in our case, the less money we were making, you know, it just became a point where you just you, the bureaucracy. And if you don't have the systems in place, you um, sometimes you just growing a business is very difficult in order to uh, to actually continue to be profitable. So when I so now, um, you know, when I sold my company, my goal is to, you know, I work independently and then I outsource all my, you know, whatever I need, I outsource it. So I don't have employees now. Mm -hmm. That's my, you know, so it's a, it's a different way of doing business outsourcing. You know, it's a variable expense. Uh, When you own your own agency and you start hiring people, you have, you know, if they, it becomes a fixed expense. And so um, that's, so when I sold my, as I said, when I sold my agency, I decided to do it this way and it's working out really well. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you're speaking right into my work now. I have my seven keys to building your high performing team. Right. <laughs> which to help, like as you're scaling, make sure that you're bringing on the right people, onboarding them well, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a proponent of, um, 
you know, whether it's sometimes it's just gig workers and you just need them for a, a quick, you know, specific project, or maybe they're, they're a um, contract person, but they're going to be with you longer term or part-time or full-time. So there's a lot of different ways to bring people onto your team. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a, it's a balancing act. It's because yeah. obviously what happens is you get a big client and then you want to service the client as you know well as possible. So you have to bring on more people. And then sometimes in the advertising business, you lose the client and you have all these people. It's, right. it's very challenging. Yeah. The ebbs and flows of business. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I know like in those agencies and I've, I've worked with some like digital marketing companies, you know, with it just gets complex, all the different pieces and the flow of work and the project management really of, you know, making sure that all along the way, everyone's hitting all those deadlines so that you're serving your clients well. Right, right. And so you, what happens is you want, you know, you're, you want new business, everybody wants new business, but sometimes it's that it's at the expense of your current clients, you know, you, because you're chasing yeah. more business and then you stop, you know, actually focusing on your current clients. So I kind of learned from that. So I, I'm now I I'm able to scale and then, you know, depending on the growth of my clients. Yeah. So you got to, yeah, you got to make the sales and then service those sales. Well, ongoing. Yes. That's the, that is a challenge. So, um, how do you stay motivated and moving during tough times? Well, I have three kids under 12. <laughs> so that keeps me motivated. Um, I, you know, I love what I do and um, I love there. It's still to this day, there's nothing more satisfying for me than to have a client actually be successful and get the phone calls and say, Hey, Rich, oh my God, we're not, we have so much business. This is fantastic. So that keeps me motivated. Just the, you know, the, the results of my clients keeps me motivated and, um, you know, and I love what I do. So that alone, I'm, I'm really happy. And, you know, I've created a situation where, you know, when I sold my own agency, the reason I sold it was because I wanted to spend more time with my kids. You know, I, I'm an older dad. I started, I had my first kid at 45. And so um, it was great because I was able to now, you know, I'm able to go to their sporting events and, you know, go to their practices and spend a lot more time with my kids, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's why I became a business owner. I mean, it's been you know, what, 20, 20 or so years for me, uh, full-time business owner, but yeah, I, I rarely missed if, you know, any kind of sporting event or anything they're grown now. And boy, I, uh, I don't regret a minute. I celebrate. Uh, so yeah, it's so important to get to those events if you can, for sure. Um, and again, I have to say, it sounds like we need to stay in touch because if you're creating all this extra business for your clients, they're going to need to build the teams and be great leaders. And so there might be some collaborative opportunities for us down the road. I mean, Kirsten, I'm telling you the most challenging thing I've ever experienced is managing people. It's yeah. really, really difficult. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, and I'm not good at it. I'm, you know, it's funny because my business partner, again, we were opposite personalities and uh, he was, uh, I guess, a little too stringent or whatever mm -hmm. the word is. And I was too nice. We are, and mm -hmm. we, it has to be somewhere in the middle, you know, Correct. I would, and it's a very difficult to get that, to get to that point where you're able to, you know, do both. Yes, I, but like it's doable. Kids, the same thing as raising. Oh, oh, you know, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I have been, I've spent spoken on the topic of leadership and communication for actually around 30 years. And, uh, 
I use a lot of uh, parenting stories <laughs> to yeah. illustrate leadership because they're a lot the same. So I, as a, for instance, like uh, I talk about when my kids were little and I take them to the the fast food play places to get all their little boy energy out and uh, that they uh, had dropped the job behavior in a good way. Cause I would yell, Hey boys, it's time to go. And they would run to my table and say, thank you for bringing me mommy. And all the other parents would look at me like with these wide eyes, like, how'd you make that happen? Yeah, I would, that's <laughs> what I would have done too. How did you make that happen? Kirsten? Well, it, there's some leadership trip tricks happening there. And what they didn't see is in the, now I always have to preface. I had a huge goal to never have to retrieve a child from one of those, um, claustrophobia and all that stuff. And, um, so, and I made it They're 23 and 21, never had to retrieve a child. And I was a single mom for a good period. So usually I was there by myself. So if they did like head off and take off into there, I wasn't gonna be able, I was going to have to go get them. So, um, so I was very specific in this one arena. I I wish I would have used utilize this with such specificity elsewhere. But um, in the car, before we went in, I would go over what are the rules? I have to eat my lunch before I play. Perfect. What else? I have to play nice. Great. What else? When you say it's time to go, I can't throw a temper tantrum and I have to come and say, thank you for bringing me mommy. Great. What happens if you don't? I can't come back for a really long time. Oh, Perfect. Consequences. It's <laughs> brilliant. So, but here there's a third key there. Oh. So expectations, clear expectations, consequences. Of course, in the business world, you wouldn't say for a very long time, right? The right. consequence would have to be a little, but it worked for the kids. Right. But the third thing was I had to be a mom who they knew would follow through. And that's a lot of times what's missing in leadership. I, I agree a hundred percent. So I, that I've been telling that story again, they're grown now. I started telling it when they were little, I was probably still using the technique when I first started sharing the story. So, um, anyway, I digress, but I love that you're talking about leadership. As you can tell, this is my, it's my favorite topic. It's what lights me it's, up. It is, it, is, it is the most difficult thing. In my opinion, managing people and being a leader, a good leader is really difficult. Well, you know, what's cool. I, I love that you're saying that I'm grateful that you're saying that, but I have to just say most often, believe it or not, it's identifying the gap. Like what is the gap of what you would like to be as a leader and what you are, and then minimizing that gap. And almost always it's honestly just a few minor tweaks in mindset and uh, communication and action. Okay. Well, good. We will have another conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so as we finish up for the day, uh, tell me what words of wisdom do you have for others who want to make their unique impact in the world? Ah, that's a good question. Um, or we can say build their business. Well, it's a good question. I, I words of wisdom, words of wisdom. I, you know, I, I, my first thing would be to say something that everybody says, which I don't want to do that, which is, you know, do what you love, which is everybody says that. And it's easier, that's true. It's easier said than done. I mean, it's, um, you know, but and I, I'm lucky because I just, I got a degree in marketing from San Diego State. I'm an Aztec. And I literally went into the business that I got my degree in. And I've always wanted to be in the advertising business. So I got very, it's just, I was lucky for me that I, that I was fell into something that I love. And, and that's, you know, I guess the key to everything is to do, you know, what you're passionate about, what you love. Um, and then as far as, uh, you know, I think, your your leadership skills if you you know if you building credibility and trust i've been in sales for 30 years so 
it's all about trust. Once you establish trust, everything is easy after that. You know, and 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 you know how to establish trust is being a person of your word and and um and you know the one thing that I that I I people 90% of people don't do is over deliver. Over delivering nowadays is like shocking to people. If you actually do more than you promise, you're you would be in the top echelon of businesses. People and people won't forget people that over deliver. Um, and it's I'm shaking my head. Yes. I feel like right now, like if they just do what they right. say, if what or if you just say, see a little discretionary effort, there's some pro- creative problem solving. Right. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> I mean, over delivering is so rare and so powerful. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, and that is all about expectation management too. So That's be true. really uh, intentional about the promises and commitments that you make up front, and don't allow yourself that wiggle room of, oh, I'll figure it out later. Or I'll just say yes, even though I know there's no chance that I can get this done because I want to make them happy right now. No, it's much easier to be truthful up front, have them maybe be not quite as delighted in the moment, but ultimately a much more loyal client or customer. Absolutely. And I, I feel you. You know, I hope my reputation has preceded myself. I, I hope I have the reputation of a person who's, you know, a guy that over delivers and is a man of his word, a person of his word. And, uh, and you do those two things, you'll be very successful in my opinion. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rich, for joining me. I've really enjoyed our conversation and learning more about your business and the journey that you've taken. Thank you. It's really, it's been nice. Thanks a lot, Kirsten. Yeah. And I love uh, the stories that you shared too, uh, and the difference that you've made for some business owners. So if you want to connect with uh, Rich, uh, we'll have his LinkedIn profile uh, on today's show notes. You can find that by going to defeatthedrama.com, click on the podcast tab and go to episode 259. And again, his name is Rich Kagan. That's R-I-C-H-K-A-G-A-N. And you will find that LinkedIn link LinkedIn link. That was a little hard for me to say. <laughs> LinkedIn Kirsten, link. Am I able, should I tell everybody my phone number or email address? Oh, sure. You can do that. Yeah. And actually, if you send them to me too, we can add them right to the show notes. But yeah, go ahead and share those. Well, because that's another thing I believe in. I will answer my phone 24 hours a day. I'm one of these people that I'm on anytime. You can call me anytime. My phone number is 310-420-0490. That's my cell number. And my uh, email is rich. Say that I- again. Okay. Uh My cell number. And again, I'll answer my phone 24 hours a day, believe it or not. 310-420-0490. Okay. And then it's uh, my email is rich at lastminutemediadeals.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, those will be in the show notes as well. So thank you again, Rich, for everything that you shared. Yeah. I hope that you get some uh, great contacts from today's episode. And, you know, we uh, ended up a little bit on my favorite topic, which is of course, all things leadership. And if you're struggling in building your team, leading your team, getting them aligned with the goals that you're trying to create for your business, then I encourage you to go to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join what you'll find there 24 seven immediate access to all kinds of digital resources on everything, communication, leadership, customer service, 
family business strategies, personal success strategies, uh, videos, audios, and PDF downloads that I've created over about 20 years. So a wealth of information, you get two weeks free, and then it's just $47 a month investment after that. And guess what? You also get time with me twice a month. We get together. It's great networking. We strategize and a lot of great coaching. So uh, please check that out again. It's myimpactacademy.com forward slash join and get out there, make your bigger, bolder impact. The world is waiting. Thanks for listening. 